0: The 2017 Australasian Simulation Congress, presented by Simulation Australasia and Simulcast.
1: So welcome to another episode from the Australasian Simulation Congress. I'm Victoria Brazel and this episode features a number of the exhibitors. Industry is a really important part of the simulation community insofar as we really need the technology to achieve our educational and quality improvement goals. So I talked with a number of the exhibitors about what's new, what's the latest, and what do they see as the future for the industry. I'm here with Graham Folds, who's the Managing Director of Ladell Australia, who's one of the main sponsors here at the Australasian Simulation Congress. Uh, welcome, Graham. Tell us a little bit about what's Ladell got to offer this year.
2: Hi, Victoria. So we're one of the, the major sponsors of the conference and have been involved with this meeting for, for many years. Uh, this year, we're exhibiting... Resuscitation Quality Improvement, which is a a program called RQI about improving CPR skills across healthcare professionals. VSIM, which is a virtual e-learning program for nurses. SIMMAN 3G with uh, some new additions to that and also in in dark dark skin tones. And a new SIMMUM product, which is a SIMMUM Wireless, which is a completely tetherless birthing simulator.
1: Yeah, so we're continuing to see technology just get better and better here in the mannequin technology and some of the other products that you make. Uh, Where do you see things going in the next five years or so?
2: I see things evolving significantly over the next five years. So uh, the existing range of mannequins having greater feature sets and skill sets where different activities can be performed, but more importantly, the data that's collected from it and how that data can be used to inform decision-making around clinical care and, and to Assist with assessment in health, in healthcare.
1: Mm-hmm. So much more machine based, automated assessments like your RQI, which assesses depth and rate of compressions. But you're saying we could be doing that for much more fine grained
2: skills. Absolutely, absolutely. I think the the mission of L is about helping save lives. And from our point of view, we we have a, a two mantras. And every product we bring or service we bring to market, we say it has to do some good and save some money. And part of saving some money from a hospital or a university point of view is showing how data can help improve performance in a shorter period of time.
1: Yeah, and I think that's uh, a trend that we're seeing everywhere. It does need to tick a couple of those different bottom lines. And I think, as you say, the technology is allowing us to do that. One of the other things that I've seen a lot of here is virtual reality. Mm -hmm. Do you see yourselves uh, combining these different formats more?
2: We're looking at a variety of different options for how our simulators can work with virtual reality uh, solution to um, augment the realism
1: yeah fantastic well we'll look forward to watching this space i hope you have a great conference and thank you again to ladle for sponsoring thanks victoria I'm here with Charles Hendon at the Valley General Hospital, virtual hospital in the Exhibition Hall. And uh, Charles, you've been demoing your product here, which is very interesting. I had to go myself, but tell us about it and how do you think it sort of helps people in uh, healthcare?
3: This is our debut showing of our product, which is a virtual hospital. And it's a modular hospital that enables people to train in different equipments and procedures and uh, develops familiarisation with technical skills and also familiarisation with healthcare institutes.
1: The example that I did was basically setting up a BiPAP machine, someone to go non-invasive ventilation. Yes,
3: yes. So we were lucky enough. We're a collaboration between uh, technology uh, and clinicians. So we've got ex-video game developers uh, with uh, emergency and clinical medical specialists and uh, we collaborated to uh, create some training for the BiPAP machine or the non-invasive ventilator. We were lucky enough to get access to a real ventilator and then we created one in virtual reality that works and looks and feels just like the real thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so our what we're showing uh, at the Congress um, is a small bit of training that allows people to learn how to set up the machine. Um, even if you have zero experience as a nurse or a doctor.
1: I did this and I put on the goggles and you actually really feel like you're in a little bay with a patient. That's right. And you're touching the machine and actually getting the uh, process going so it felt quite real to me.
3: Yes yeah and that's one of the strengths of this technology uh, and particularly as it it applies to healthcare is it feels real. Uh, You can use all the facilities of the hospital as you would have access to normally. VR has a funny effect of bringing focus to a lot of tasks and allowing you to really feel immersed and give you a good sense of understanding of uh, what doing this kind of procedure would be like in a real hospital, mm-hmm. but from the comfort of your own home, and the convenience of your own home. So that's a, a, a huge concern, is resources for Healthcare institutes. So to be able to uh, train up on a new machine or a new procedure uh, anytime you like, um, we think is going to be a huge help to mm-hmm. the industry.
1: And what's been the reaction of the people who've come and visited you here in the exhibition
3: hall? Uh, we've had really overwhelmingly positive uh, responses We've had everything from trained nurses, who who are uh, registered nurses who just rip through and feel almost at home with the machine because it's just like what they use in a hospital, um, to people from completely different industries who then. Uh, feel like they've saved a virtual life so it's been great and um, it's just been a fantastic opportunity for us to canvas a lot of people see their reactions and um, feed that back into uh, our program and to, to make, the learning, uh, make the learning outcomes even more easy to achieve.
1: Excellent, well thanks very much for your uh, time Charles and we'll put a link to your website uh, on the blog post accompanying the podcast, thanks very much.
3: Thank you very much
1: I do think one of my take-homes from the 2017 Australasian Simulation Congress was the obvious penetration of virtual reality and augmented reality that we saw, not just in the exhibition hall, but in the talks and in the presentations. As someone who's worked in the healthcare simulation space for a long time, I do think this technology basically has made it But for our last segment in the exhibition hall, I chose to go outside of health because I was very intrigued by this robotic soldier that was wandering around the exhibition hall and I was keen to learn more. So I'm here in the exhibition hall again with David Fallon from Lockheed Martin, and I thought it would be a great idea to profile some of the non-health simulation industry that's here at the Simulation Congress. And I've been attracted to this stand, David, because you've got a robotic soldier that's been going around the convention hall, remote-controlled. And I understand this is actually something that uh, folks use really for target practice. It's the simulated enemy more than the simulated soldier. Is that right?
0: Sure. This is the new... Uh, version of what you can have as a a target for a live training in, engagement for soldiers. Marathon targets are the producers of this software and the the hardware, and they are out in Western Australia and, and are supplying these targets to to give more realism in the training rather than have the targets tied down to a single spot. The robotic targets actually move and re- realign themselves. So they engage, um, they, they have within themselves some artificial intelligence and protection on the targetry itself so it can be reused all the time. But it gives more realism and training for soldiers.
1: And it strikes me that your whole business must be being revolutionized by the technology that's around. So you obviously deal with aviation and defense, but a lot of these virtual reality Applications seems to really be on the rise. Is that a fair comment?
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, if I take a step away from that question just for a second, because realistically what you have sitting here in, in this hall is uh, demonstrations of distributed mission training is what the terminology is in the, in, in the world now, in the military mm-hmm. world. We can integrate various elements, uh, not necessarily all sitting on the show floor. So on on this show what we've had is the marathon target sitting here in in Sydney uh, at the convention center but being engaged by a virtual sniper sitting in Holsworthy and also involved in the the scenario we have a helicopter from the um, base out in Orlando in Florida uh, will actually be introduced into the whole scenario Mm -hmm. so you have multiple things like that. The virtual reality uh, and more, also, more virtual reality gives you a, an ability to see things that are not quite there. But what we're moving to very quickly is past virtual reality into augmented reality. Um, and probably the simplest example is the uh, gridiron, okay. the football field. Yep. When, when you're watching a gridiron match, you see they'll put lines on the field of where the 10 yards is from the play. That's augmented Yes. So now we can inject into a soldier's helmet visuals of things that are not there. Uh-huh. So we can put in targetry so he can engage them with a virtual weapon uh, in, in this whole augmented space. Uh-huh. So quite different approaches, but more to, to add reality to training rather than um, displace it. Yeah. It's all about cost.
1: Yeah, so it's not a game, but it's just a better way of bringing the practice that you need to do or that the soldiers need to do mm-hmm. uh, into their environment.
0: As much realism as we can, stressors. These are the things to prepare soldiers for, for combat. Mm-hmm. Um, if they, these things are the, the, the types of methods to, to raise the stresses so they can get the injects into the, the whole training scenario. Mm, mm. Yeah.
1: Well, that's been fascinating, David. No i better worries. go and uh, try and avoid this soldier now. But <laughs> thanks for your time.
0: No worries.